Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I was chatting with a young man this week at the Bible College, and um, he uh, was preaching in Belfast, he's Irish. He's very Irish. Some people are Irish. Other people are very Irish. He's very Irish. He's, I'm trying to work out what he's saying, you know. And he said uh, he got into trouble. He was there uh, in a church meeting. Just just a young man. Uh, not quite sure what he's doing. Doesn't know what God's going to do with him, but willing for God to use him. And we were just having some... He'd preached uh, at, the, at the college, and he asked me to um, critique his sermon. They're all doing that. And... Um, so never mind Louis Walsh, it's me who's going into deadlock every week, wondering what to say to people. But he's, um, he just asked me to critique his sermon there. We were just talking and um, he said a few, maybe would have been a year ago perhaps, but he was uh, in a church service in, in Belfast and a lady came forward uh, with cancer for prayer and he came to pray with her and instead of praying with her, he just felt God Tell him to tell her, go home and everything will be all right. So he told her this, and apparently she complained uh, to the pastor about him that he wasn't very caring. He just told her to go home and everything will be all right. So she wasn't very happy because he didn't really pray with her much. And uh, so she was a bit upset. Uh, anyway, she w- went, back to the, um, went back to the hospital and all the cancer was gone out of her body. <laughs> she'd gone home and everything was all right. And she'd had a ma- one of the most extraordinary miracles in the life of that church's fellowship. All the cancer had gone. And uh, so you just never know what God can do just in a moment of time. Praise God. He was amazed. And after I heard his sermon, I was amazed that God had used him. But it shows that anything can happen with the Lord. Huh? Let's talk about a little bit of this today. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We have three more uh, pieces of this sermon to put together today and another couple, and then we'll be finished for sort of uh, December. But um, I want to read Matthew 7 and verse 7. And we're going to talk about prayer today. Ask, Jesus said, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, Know how uh, to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Let us pray. Lord, we want to be blessed in the meditation of these words. And I pray there will be a change among us. Lord, your word is living and active. 
And I pray, Lord, you who are able to transcend the speaker and his limitations, that the Spirit of God might move powerfully among us. Lord, what we're looking for is your voice. So, Lord, may mercy, may mercy be upon us. And may the Lord speak into the midst of us today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to just consider these words today. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. These are wonderful words, but they oftentimes, because they are to do with prayer, but oftentimes they are a source of great confusion. Because we believe that Jesus is telling the truth. He cannot lie. His word is true. And yet our experience has often been, well, I knocked, but the door didn't open. I don't want to say this too loudly in church, but the door didn't open when I knocked. Or, I've been seeking, but I haven't found yet. And it's been a while now. It's as though God has not answered prayer. And so when I sit here and I read words like, everyone who asks receives, there must be a mistake in the Bible because really it's everyone except me who asks receives because it hasn't worked for me. There have been many things I've prayed about. It hasn't worked. Somehow God has not done it. And so what I want to do this afternoon is just talk about why it is from the Bible, not from our experience necessarily, but from the Bible, which is the source of all our authority, why it is that God sometimes seems to not answer prayer at all and how we can reconcile that to Jesus flinging open his arms, if you like, and saying, just ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So why does prayer go unanswered? Some would say sometimes, some would say many times. And I have a few reasons that I hope will be a blessing to you. The first reason why prayer often goes unanswered, and this is so simple, there's nothing revolutionary about any of this, but this has always got to be the main reason would be this, because we do not ask. The the main reason why God doesn't have the opportunity to move in our lives, now this is not true for everyone, but for, for a large number of people in the body of Christ, not everyone sitting here, but for a large number of people in the body of Christ, is because actually we don't ask him to do anything. In fact, the the most bit of praying we might do in a week revolves around getting a parking space today. And that's our main source of intercession and our joy at the existence of God when we turn a corner and a car is pulling out. Oh, I was right about God all along. 
The Bible encourages us to ask God for things. The Bible does not encourage us to live in the realm of fate. Well, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Or what will be, will be. These are not Bible ideas. These are worldly ideas. There is no such thing as fate. There is no such thing as a written destiny that's going to happen and bound to happen and this will happen and if God wants it to happen, it will happen. And if I'm supposed to do this, I will do this. These are fate ideas, ideas of fate. But these are not biblical ideas. Biblical ideas are these. Ask and you shall receive. Biblical ideas are this. Abide in me and you shall ask anything in my name and I will do it. Those are biblical ideas. That if we root ourselves in Jesus, we can have an extraordinary life. But if we will not root ourselves into Jesus, then the words of Jesus come to pass from John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. We should ask him for things. Jesus wants us to ask him for things. Let me just read you a few. I went, took the trouble to write a whole load of these down because I want to read them to you. No need for you to turn to them, but here they are. Jesus said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's John 14, 13 and 14. In John 15, verse 7, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. In John 16, verse 23, I tell you the truth, the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, the Lord said to them, You have not asked for anything in my name, Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Or to use the words of James 4 verse 2, Ye have not because ye ask not. God wants us to ask him for things. If something in our life we need, we feel we, it's the will of God, we have to ask him for it and then he will do it. The will of God is not automatically done. That is a false idea. If the will of God were by default done, then we would not need to ask him to have his will on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray, let your will be done. That suggests the will of God is not done. Many times. We should ask him and activate his will by obeying him and we shall see the will of God released in our lives and in the lives of others. We might be the answer to someone else's prayer. If we will obey the word of God, then that activates the will of God and the will of God is done, maybe in our life, but also in the life of someone else. In answer to their prayer. You have not because you ask not. So my encouragement, first of all, is this. That our relationship with God is a relationship of prayer, a relationship of petition, and I know sometimes we can fall into the, 
into the idea of, well, you know, you mustn't just come to God with your shopping list. And that's absolutely right. You mustn't just come to God with your shopping list. We're supposed to love him, worship him, honor him, exalt him, etc. But that doesn't mean we should never come to God with our list. That doesn't mean we should never come to God and say, Lord, you said in your word, if I asked you for this, you would do it. I'm asking you again for this right now. So we should ask him, why doesn't God answer prayer? Because Christians do not ask for things in prayer. That might be reason number one. Not applicable to everyone here, but maybe, maybe to some. Second reason. Second reason why prayer seems to go unanswered is because in this asking process, we fail to persist. We fail to persist in prayer. Jesus taught that whatever things we asked for, he would do. But on two occasions, he also taught a parable about prayer. In fact, excuse me, the two parables that Jesus taught about prayer are both, they're they're quite similar parables. They both have similar components in them. One is someone who goes to a judge wanting justice. And the judge isn't interested, so she wears the judge out with her petitioning. The other parable he teaches about prayer is of a man who goes to bed and a friend comes to him at midnight because he suddenly had uninvited guests or unexpected guests and he needs some bread and some food. So he knocks on the door, please will you get up, give me something because I have this problem here. The man says, oh I'm in bed, you know I don't want to do it, but because of the persistence of the asker, eventually... The guy gets out of bed, opens the door, and gives it to him. And on both occasions, Jesus says this, that God is not like the judge or that man in his bed. But the, so that's not, we're not supposed to see the character of God in the parable. What we're supposed to see is the tenacity and the boldness and the persistence of the askers in prayer. We're supposed to ask for things in prayer and the principle that Jesus taught us right from the word go was that this would be a process, that it wouldn't necessarily be a one-off occasion. You know, you may, like me, have had experiences where just every now and then you just ask God to do something and he just does it. You ever had that? And you say, oh, this is wonderful. You just asked him and he just did it. And you give God the glory and the praise for it. But many times it isn't like that. Many times we find ourselves in other portions of the New Testament. The seeking, the the knocking portions of the New Testament. The places where we have to go and we have to persist with God and say, Lord, Lord, this is in your word. Or Lord, you said that if I asked you, you would do it. And I am freshly today picking up the baton of faith again to say, Lord, I'm going to believe you again. I'm not going to allow the experience of disappointment or the experience of the years to deter me. But here I am at the door of heaven again. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
I've got to persist. I'm going to persist in prayer. I was speaking to a lady at the Bible College this week. She said, what is the secret of a miraculous ministry? I'm not sure what accent that is. So I won't tell you where she's from. Then, then everyone will be right. What is the secret of a miraculous ministry? I said, one word beginning with P. And she knew it. It's going to be prayer. <laughs> and then I took to the board and I wrote it out. Perseverance. And then as I was writing it, I realized, I don't know how to spell perseverance. <laughs> and they were all sat there with their laptops. I said, just type it in and your computer will repair the spelling, won't it? And then someone tell me, I think I got it right. Perseverance. Perseverance means you don't let anything stop you. Perseverance means you get disappointed, but you carry on. Perseverance means I'm still waiting, but I'm carrying on. Perseverance means I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to believe God rather than my own eyes. Perseverance means I believe that God is faithful. And he's not a muck Jesus where we drive through, get our stuff and go. But perseverance. And we talked about two people coming for, to come around the altar in prayer, seeking God, and maybe one on this side of the room is, dramatically gets their answer. God speaks to them, or God heals them, or they go back with peace. God touches them. But on the other side of the room, another person comes for prayer, kneels down, and instead, as they go back, their their arthritis is still with them, or their problem. And next Sunday, that person with that arthritis hobbles forward again. We want to ask ourselves, which of the two had the most faith? This one for sure had faith. But the lady who came back and back again and back again also has faith. Faith that says, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go of God. Because I believe he's faithful. He hasn't lied to me. He cannot lie. And I don't know if I'm going to see the miracle or not, but the miracle will not be denied me because I was not persevering. I don't know what timing God has for this. I don't know what's in God's diary about this, but it's not going to be because I didn't ask him for it. I'm going I'm to obey the word and I'm going to ask him for it. So number one, Reasons why there's unanswered prayer. Well, we, first of all, because we don't really do the praying. <laughs> Number two, because we have not developed maybe in the persistence of prayer. We ask for a short time, it doesn't happen. And then someone tells you, well, it must be that it's not God's will. You know, if anyone ever says that to you, you should turn to them immediately and say this. This is the will of God. Pray without ceasing. That is the will of God. That is the written word of God. So that's what I'm going to do. There was a time when Paul needed a miracle for himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We don't know what it was, but he had some, some assault on his body or some assault to him. It says he pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away and then God spoke to him and said, no, 
My grace is sufficient for you. Do you know what God came and said to him? He said, I'm not going to answer this prayer the way you want me to. I'm going to give you grace to go through it. I'm not going to give you the deliverance to come out of it. And as soon as God spoke to Paul, then he stopped praying about that situation and just rejoiced that God had sent another answer. You know, if God wants you to stop praying about something, I promise you, he'll come and tell you. For Paul, he only had to pray three times before he got God's attention to come and speak to him and say, actually, I'm going to do something else. And when we talk about not having an answer, can I suggest to you that no is an answer? Or not yet is an answer? Or this isn't what I want to do yet is an answer? God is not our genie. He's God. We serve him. He does not serve us. And he's older than you. (laughs) He's older than you. He knows what's right. He knows what's right. So number one, we don't ask. Number two, we don't persist. Number three, number three, very simple. We ask for the wrong things. Uh, this is, these are all interrelated, aren't they? In James chapter four, it says this. You have not because you ask not. And then verse three says, and when you ask, you do not receive Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In the old King James, I think it says you ask amiss. It's possible to ask God for the wrong things, isn't it? We're not that sharp, are we, down here? We haven't got the whole picture. Our camera lens isn't very broad. In our lives, what do we see? Just a few feet in front of us. But God has got a bird's eye view of where we are. God has got, he's like the guy in the, in, the, in the control room. He can see all the angles. So he knows what's best to do. Not us looking just ahead of ourselves. And sometimes we actually are asking God for things he doesn't want to do. And I don't understand how that quite works, whether God would ever do something that he didn't want to do. I don't think so. But certainly, things that are going to cause me harm, doors that I shouldn't go through, people I shouldn't marry or whatever, I want God to close such doors. I don't want him to say yes to everything I want. I want God to have his way in my life. And sometimes when I pray, I'm merely saying, God, this is what I would like to do. This is what I would like to see happen. But what do you think about this? Because I respect you. And I fully appreciate that you know better than I do about things to do with me. Sometimes we're going to ask a miss. Reminds me of the young boy who prayed and prayed and prayed that he might be able to do what his granddad could do. He was about 10 years old, 9, and he loved his granddad. I've told this story many times before. He said, I just want to be like my granddad. And he noticed his granddad could do something very, very, very special. His granddad 
could take his teeth out at night and put them in a glass. Oh God, I'd like to do that. And God answered that prayer. 67 years later, that's exactly what happened to him. And he was glad that there was a delay. Now I just want you to think about our limited intelligence, our limited knowledge, our limited understanding of what God is doing. Sometimes we can stand there and say, Lord, please can I take my teeth out? And God says, no, you can't. You don't want to. Believe me. No, Lord, I, this, is what I, this is the job I want, Lord. Lord, this is the house. This house belongs to you. I have placed my foot upon it. And everywhere I shall put the soles of my feet shall belong, un, shall belong unto me. The estate agent says, well, there's three people who put their bidding ahead of you. Yes, the fools. Don't they know that I am with the Lord? He has given this house to me. I did that one time. I, when I was in uh, Torquay, there was a flat that came up for, for sale or rent, probably rent in those days. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought anything, would I, when I was 25? But um, uh, I, there was a flat up for rent. Right next to the church. Literally, literally. I could open my window and see the church. In fact, I could open my window and see my car parked on the church car park. That's very important, isn't it? Hallelujah. I went in, it was very small. But I thought, you know, this is it. And he told me, no, someone else has already looked at it. I must give them first refusal. I thought, yes, of course. I said, can I just have a look around by myself? Of course, he went off. I mean, I'm in there. Go, you know, went into the bathroom. It was a bit small. Lord, this bathroom belongeth to me. You know, going to the lounge. Couldn't exactly swing a cat in there, but this is mine. The Lord has given this to me. I'm praying for it right now. Anything I shall ask in his name, he shall do. And uh, so I went away. And later that night, gave him a call, five o'clock, I remember. Five o'clock. Oh, how's it going? Can I bring the deposit round? He said, I'm sorry, I gave it to the other guy. You've done what? The other guy? But it, I, I placed the sole of my foot on it. He said, yeah, I know, we're having to get it clean. No, that's a joke, isn't it? Really? <laughs> and the other guy got it. So I was just confused. I just went and sat at the kitchen table. I remember, I can see me now, opening the Herald Express, which is the talky local rag. That's slang for newspaper. And look at it. Oh, well, just found another one just up the road. Went to see it. Went in, same price, walked in. Wow. It was huge. It was huge. Swing a cat, you could have swung a horse in there. It's amazing. Went into the bathroom. Hello. It got a bit cold in the winter. Same price, deal. Thank you, Lord. And you know, after a few months of being in the ministry there, I began to see the wisdom maybe of not living next door to the church. (laughs) Sometimes God says no. But if he says no, it's because he's doing something else. It's because he's doing something else. He's planning something else. He's a good, good God. 
the Father gives, in the words of Matthew 7, good gifts. See? If your son should ask you for bread, would you give him a stone? Of course not. But let me just, forgive me rewriting it, but you'll understand. But if we should ask God for a stone, believing it to be bread, he shall not give us that either. Sometimes we ask for things, God just doesn't want us to have them. And sometimes it's not no, but just not yet. Not now. And we so want God to, you know, we have the phrase, well, you know, God's, God's never late. And guess what? He's not early either. We don't mind if God was late, but early, that's what we want him to be. Now, Lord, now. And that's why you should never pray things. Lord, I, by this Friday, will you? No. How many of you worked out God does not have a wall planner in the same way and shape that you have? God's diary and even God's clock is set to a heavenly time that we don't have. All throughout the Bible, people waited and waited and waited for answers to prayer. When God finally answered them, oh, the glory of it. Oh, the glory of it. Think about those characters from the Christmas story. Elizabeth. And is it Zacharias? Zachariah? I never know, you know. Zachariah. It's good to know we've got someone in the front who knows the Bible. Zechariah, they prayed for a baby, huh? and the angel appears to Zechariah while he's in the temple, Luke chapter 1. Behold, the answer is here. And what does Zechariah say? I, I don't know what you mean. It's a very important story about prayer, because it teaches us so much. It tells us this, that God's memory of things we've prayed for is better than ours. Can you say amen? God remembered his prayer. He didn't. Can you just imagine if tomorrow morning a whole truckload of answers to prayer arrived from 10 years ago? Woo! I don't remember this. But God remembers. When the time was right, it arrives. It arrives. It was completely beyond his clock and his calendar. He'd even forgotten to even ask God for it. But it must mean that God keeps everything we ask on file somewhere inside his amazing, amazing brain to remember. Sometimes we ask amiss. Sometimes it's because we shouldn't have it at all. Sometimes it's because now is not the right time. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First John 5 and verse 14. And I think that's what Jesus means when we heard it earlier read many times, anything in my name. To ask for something in Jesus' name is not simply to add in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. If you ask for something in Jesus' name, you are saying in Jesus' will. When confronting a problem and commanding it to go, come out in the name of Jesus, you are saying this is the will of Jesus. To pray for something in Jesus' name is really to say, this is the will of Jesus. 
And possibly if you can't pray that, then you probably shouldn't say in Jesus' name at the end. When we ask for something in Jesus' name, we're asking for something in Jesus' will. And anything we ask in his name, he will do. And so we should study the scriptures. We should seek close to the heart of the Holy Spirit to know the will of God. I know many times we don't know. So we say, Lord, I don't know what you want to do. I'm just giving this to you. So I'm not placing a burden on you or me to have supernatural insight into the will of God because many times we don't know. But we bring it to him and say, Lord, this is what I would like to do, but what would you do? From the words of Gethsemane, I would like this cup taken from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So, here's my concluding couple of thoughts. Number one, Jesus taught us not to worry. He said, don't worry about what you'll eat and drink. You know, we looked at it. But that's not in the context of fate. That's not in the context of having a prayerless life. We should ask God for things. I wonder what it is that you were asking God for. And you stopped. Because it felt like no one was in. Hello? After two or three times, no one's in. But the Bible tells us to persist. Not because God is hiding away, but because he has fixed life so that it doesn't work without him. Lord, I used to pray about this and this and this, but I dropped the baton someplace. I grew disappointed. The door didn't open. I began to lose faith. Or maybe I felt I didn't have faith. Why don't we pick up some of these batons of prayer again today? Why don't we pick up some of those old things we used to ask God for? Because it's the will of God that we pray without ceasing. And the last thing I want to say is this. There's an expression that Jesus used again and again in the passages we read. And I, I want to comment on this because I never hear any preachers ever talk about this. So I guess they must do. But I never heard it. So either I'm about to say something really insightful or wrong. But Jesus said a number of times, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And that suggests something to me, intellectually or philosophically, that unless God answers our prayer, our joy is incomplete. There is nothing wrong with having a need. And some charismatic or some well-meaning Christian might say to you, well, you know, just rejoice in the Lord. 
But until you see that thing happen, even Jesus knows. Not that you won't have any joy, but it won't really be complete. Isn't that an awesome thought? Adam knew the presence of God face to face in the Garden of Eden, but still, God has to whip up an eve for him because his joy wasn't complete without her. Even someone who's so close to God, knowing the presence of God, the nearness of God, God still knows. Listen, listen, listen. I know I'm, I know I'm just standing on something very thin here, but I believe it's the case. God knows that's not quite enough. Ask, and you shall receive. And when you receive, and not really before, your joy will be complete. But let me ask you this afternoon, what is it? What prayer request do you have that you've perhaps laid down? What desire, what thing that you wanted God to do for you? That maybe a long time ago you prayed about. But through time, disappointment, fatigue, lack of faith, lack of zeal, whatever it may have been, somehow you just let that prayer request drop to the ground. And because it didn't come to pass, and because you stopped asking, you're a joy incomplete kind of person. I encourage you today, and I believe the Holy Spirit too, encourages you today. Pick that thing back up in Jesus' name. This is the will of Jesus. Pick that intercession back up in Jesus' name. Pick that prayer request back up from the floor and put it back in your hand where it should be, in Jesus' name. Because God wants to answer wants to answer. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.